Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, let's uh, welcome to Lively Latin. We're gonna, we have a short lesson today as far as our lesson goes. Um, and then we'll talk about, we'll review a little bit and we'll talk about, if we can, we'll talk about the plebeians, the patricians. And then uh, for next week, you'll have a review of pronunciation. So you have a pretty easy couple weeks coming up here. All right, let's just review real quickly to see if you remember, what is a philippic? Who can tell me that? What is a philippic? What is a philippic? Um, A a bad report, like an angry speech. All right, an angry speech. Okay. An an angry speech made against somebody. Um, And it's called that because, remember, uh, Demosthenes made very violent speeches against Philip of Macedon. And so because of that, that's why they call it that. All right. Um, Second, what is something that is Procrustean? If you said his tactics are very Procrustean, what would you mean? I just remember that he had a bed that he put people in. If they fit, they fit. If they didn't, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Cruel, yeah, it, it's but I don't know. I don't can't remember how the word got derived from it. So I'm I, because this robber had a bed and he would lay people on it. And if they didn't fit, he would stretch them out till they fit. And if they and if they were too short, if they were too uh, tall, he would cut their legs off so that they would fit. So he was forcing them to fit into a certain space. And so if you force someone into a space that they don't necessarily belong in, that's called being Procrustean. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in the 60s or 70s, when they went through all this uh, uh, self-paced education, they'd say, don't be Procrustean. Don't force all students to go at the same pace. You know, uh, that's a word you've heard sometimes. Okay. Plutocratic. That's sort of ludicrous. Sort of like having a lot of wealth, you know, influence. Okay. Great influence. Okay. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like a plutocracy. So, right. Like a plutoc- a pluto- yes, plutocracy. a plutocracy is a rule by the wealthy. Right. So a plutocracy, and if so if you're a plutocrat, it means you're wealthy. Because Plutus <laughs> was the god of wealth. So what I was going to ask you, Gary, is uh, what which which country would you put up as a you know a Pluto, uh, plutograph uh, you know plutocratic country? Oh, that's a good USA, question. USA. Yeah, I was going to say I, I don't know. Uh, a lot of countries don't seem to be as wealthy. Uh, there are some that are wealthy in every country, I guess, but. I don't know. I really don't know, Carla. I wouldn't know what to say. Uh, How about Saudi Arabia? Saudi Arabia. Maybe, maybe because they, the, the sheiks have all that oil and so forth. Uh, maybe, maybe some South American countries too, where the wealthy control. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, or maybe um, I don't know Iran when Saddam was there. Do you think? Yeah, maybe Iran when Saddam. Or Iraq, was there. rather Iraq. I'm saying Iran, Iraq. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long okay. day. I think. 
so yeah, I would say something like that. And of course, as you said, the United States is made up of a lot of wealthy people, or well, some, and they sometimes make the decisions, I guess. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> protein, something that is protein. Mm. Mm. Uh, so protein today, if I said that, to you, <laughs> what would that mean? <laughs> Forget. Um, it's sort of like exceedingly, you know, it, it, it's sort of like um, it, it's variable. It changes right. a lot somehow. Okay. Something that changes a lot. Right. Because Proteus was a god, if you called him and you could hold on to him, he would give you a wish, but it was going to be very difficult for you to hold on to him because he could change into a stream of water or into mm. a fire or whatever. And it was very mm. difficult. But if you could manage to hold on to him, then you would get a wish. Mm. You could wish for wealth or, or whatever you wanted to wish for. Yeah. Mm. All right. Very good. Uh, did anyone listen to Playtime last week? I did not. I did. This is Musi. Yep. yep. Was there anything on there worthwhile as far as Latin Where, is concerned? Greek. Greek. It was a phobia, and it turned out to be fear of leaves, but philophobia or something like that. Really? Fear of leaves. Uh -huh. yeah, I'm like that in the, in the fall because I live around a lot of trees and you have to be all cleaned <laughs> yeah. up or they kill your lawn, you know. Right, right. Yes. Okay. That's very, the, all those phobias are kind of interesting. What's, what's, what's Triskaidekaphobia? Fear of the number 13. <laughs> number 13. Right 13. Yep, that's right. What's, uh, what's acrophobia? Uh, um, Fear of height. Yep. What's aerophobia? Um, hmm. fear, of, fear of flying? No, I, flying. I yeah, fear of the air. So fear yeah. of flying. Yeah. What is hydrophobia? Water. Fear of water. Fear, fear of right. water. And but the there's animal, a disease called hydrophobia where they foam at the mouth. And, yes, and it's, called, it's called, called that because the animal cannot drink. Their throat swells up so they cannot drink. And huh. so that it's like, it's, it's almost as if they have a fear of water. But is they that like rabies? Yeah, uh, rabies? yeah, like, ra like rabies. Yeah, it's almost the same thing. In fact, I guess it is actually the same mm -hmm. thing as, uh, mm -hmm. as rabies. I remember being confused because we had a, in, in first or second grade, we had a teacher that read us Old Yeller. And <laughs> I knew Old Yeller had rabies, but when he got to the actual book, it said hydrophobia. And I was like, wow. Uh, I thought he had rape, or um, not, not old, he, old yeller ended up getting it at the end of the book, but uh, some other animals had it anyway. So, yeah. Um, think of my other phobias. Uh, anybody think of a phobia? Of course, now we have agra. agra. What's agrophobia? Yeah, I just heard about that one last week. You're scared to go outside. To go outside, scared of the marketplace. Isn't that agoraphobia? Oh, that's Agora, agoraphobia. Agora. I think it's actually agoraphobia. I don't know what the correct English pronunciation. I would say agoraphobia because agora just seems like a funny pronunciation for that word to me. But maybe in English it is correct to say agora. I think it's agoraphobia. Well, I actually think mm. it is. Um, anything else you can think of as a phobia? Nope. I'll keep thinking. I think there's a couple others we had 
I have I a have. phobia that I wish had a name. I'm afraid of tests. What's the fear <laughs> of tests? What? That's a very You're good question. You're only afraid to take them, though, not to give them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't tell your students that, Carl. They'll say, well, we're afraid of them, too. And I wish I could solve that problem for me and for my students, because I have students with that problem, and since I haven't solved it for myself, it's mm -hmm. awful. Well, you solved it enough because you certainly covered a lot of territory. <laughs> Better. I had a student who was so afraid of taking tests that she could not take them. And, and I was not allowed to give them to her. Huh. And uh, I finally told her, I said, you know, it's a shame because you'll never know what you can really achieve because you, you won't let yourself or you can't let yourself. Mm -hmm. And she really couldn't. She's the only kid that I ever talked out of taking Latin four. He was in Latin three. And she said, I was thinking of taking Latin four. I said, don't. I said, there's mm -hmm. no sense in it because you're afraid to take all the tests. And just don't. Do yourself a favor and just, you know, do something easier for yourself. This thing has cost me my graduate degree. And when I was finishing up my last German um, and we were doing literature and it was it got, had gotten so bad, I couldn't tell you how to say yes in German. When we were <laughs> good. So my German professor was a clinical psychologist and he says, I know you know this stuff. So what he worked out and he told me what my problem was, was if I didn't know, but he could see me hyperventilating and not doing anything. So I ended up, he said, well, Instead of the test, um, make a presentation entirely in German, detailed. Oh. We've done it in front of the whole class, and that was a piece of cake. You know, and other people in the class, they were afraid of public speaking, but that was a piece yep. of cake because I was yep. teaching school yep. all day, and that's how I got through it. Very mm. good. And it was actually I remember, you know, Carl, I remember that about you now that you say it. You and I attended a meeting conventions early, early when I first started going to yes. conventions where were in California, they were talking about how they did all this stuff to help the teachers pass the teacher's exam. And you said, oh, I wish they would do that for me. I'm so afraid of that. Remember that? Yes, mm -hmm. I remember that. And I remember I had to leave the room finally because I started thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, that's when we had that little earthquake. And I thought, oh, my gosh, yeah. I'm having a heck of a panic attack. And here it was the earthquake. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that was when that earthquake. I remember there was this, this idiot girl in the restaurant the day before that said, oh, if we have an earthquake, I'm going to play. I heard the earth move under my feet when it happened. <laughs> I was sitting up in that room and I thought, well, I'm not hearing that song. So I don't know. <laughs> I can it was feel the it was I've, I've experienced an earthquake, too. This is Musi. And there's it's, it's it's very frightening. So I think I have a fear of earthquakes. What would that be? Okay. <laughs> That's a good question. Seismophobia, maybe? I don't yes, know. the shakeophobia. <laughs> I don't know. That would be interesting. All right. Well, test a take a phobia. Test a take a phobia. That's a good one. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, you're not the only one. Uh, I guess now sometimes they call that school phobia, maybe. Uh, but uh, anyway, I've had a few students that had that too. So, well, let's just quickly review our pronouns a little bit. How do we say to me? Me. How do we say to you? Tibby. Tibby. How do we, how do we say to yourself? Sibby. To himself, herself, itself, themselves. To to yourself. 
It's tibby. It's the same thing. It's the same word. Oh. Yeah. How do we say how do we say myself? What did she say? Didn't she say that? She said she said sibby. I think. I think that's I think what she said. I thought she said tibby. Did you say sibby or tibby, Lucy? I said S Sibby. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm then here. What it is how do we say how do we say myself? Is that me, he? No, no, that's to myself. To myself, <laughs> myself. Right. Make them. That's with myself. <laughs> or with me. It could be with me or with myself. So how about just myself? Ego. That's no. I. May. May. Oh. Now, may can mean me or myself. How are we going to tell when it means me? And how are we going to tell when it means myself? How it's used. Right. Uh, and what do you mean by that, how it's used? May would be the accusative. Right. And, and so uh, if, if it were accusative, would it mean me or myself? It would mean me. Oh, I if don't know. I, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> you no, you see, but look, you're right. You're actually right. It could mean me, and it could mean myself, depending myself. on how it's used. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, I just said the same. I, I, I was going to say myself. Okay, well, the way you tell is, what is the subject? The subject is the same person as the word, like me, then it's going to mean myself. For example, if you say, I, I love, I love me, you'd say I love myself. But if you said you love, you wouldn't say you love myself, except some people do probably today. You'd say you love me. See what I mean? So it depends on if the person is the same as the pronoun, then it's going to be reflexive. If the person isn't the same as the pronoun, then it's going to be a personal pronoun. Mm. That's how you tell. All right. How do you say yourself? Hey. No, that's himself. What? Wait a minute. Say is himself. Hey. Hey is right. Hey is correct. Okay. Um, how do you say themselves? Illy? I L L I? No, that would be to him, to her, to it, to oh. that man. I think my brain locked up. <laughs> Tell us again. <laughs> All right. What did I? I forgot what I said. Did I say to? Did I Them, say themselves? Themselves. Selves. Wouldn't it be say? CB say. or say say? No. I mean say. It's going to be say or say say. Either one. Say or say not Sibby. That would be two. That would be to themselves or to himself, okay. herself, itself, themselves. Oh, you didn't say to himself. You just wanted no. themselves. Themselves. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. So say, so say, so say or, or say say. And how do you know when it's say and when it's say say? You don't. It, you can use either one. It's it's equally. Uh, it means exactly the same thing to the Latins, except may I don't know that say say may not have a little more emphasis uh, in it, but I don't know that. Uh, so you can say say or you can say 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 whichever you feel like saying. If you're in a mood to repeat yourself, you can say say say. If you're in a mood not to, you can say say. Now, are there so, reflexive verbs? 
in the same sense that French has them? No, I don't. Th- well, I mean, I guess in a way there are. Like, if you wanted to say I washed myself, you would say Melawo, just like we no. say Melave or whatever. But um, I don't think it's. You could also just say Lawo. Would be all right. Wouldn't you know? That would mean I got washed or I washed. Oh, so there's um, not that difference between transitive and intransitive. Um, you know, like not when it co- well. Of course, if you say law, well, that could mean I washed something, but right. it also could mean I washed. There, it doesn't seem to be emphasized in Latin as it is in Spanish and French and Italian. Right. Although that may be because we don't have as much conversational literature in Latin as you have in these other languages. So if we did, we might find that, yes, reflexive verbs are important. You know what I mean? So there's no equivalent of sulave or um, you can say say, uh, you can say uh, he washed himself or um, you can say that but I don't know that it's as important now I do know that to say he got up, to say surrogate, they would probably use surrogate. He, he rose. Uh, he went to bed. They might there say something very strange, like he gave himself to quiet. He gave himself to rest. Say quieti dei. So it's altogether different. It's a whole different uh, way of expressing than what you have in the modern languages. Right, so there's no infinitives that are reflexive then. Not a lot. Well, you could say Salaware if you wanted to. Gary, Musi um, yes. Allen raised up her hand. So. Oh, yes, Musi, thank you. I thought I would just ask a formal question. The little bit of French I took in college, when you say, what is your name? You have to say, je m'appelle Musi, right? My, That's, my right. That's right. That's right. Do That's they right. ever say... My name is Musi. I mean, you mean in, in French, right? You could say mon nom est Musi. You could say that, or mon appel est Musi. I couldn't use Carla. Mon prénom est mon prénom. Right. Mon prénom. Mon prénom est Musi. Mon famille est. You know, but you can yeah. do that. You could you could say that. It's not wrong. But, I mean, it's uh, But the common thing is to say I call myself. Je m'appelle. Je m'appelle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, 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 say, say it again, Carla. M'appelle. Okay. Now, um, and of course, in Latin, you can say me woco, they call me. You could say that, or me appellant. You could, you could say that in Latin, too. You could, okay. although mostly in Latin, they say the name to me is. Nomen mihi est. That's, that's more common. But me appellant uh-huh. isn't reflexive because that's they call me. Yeah, yeah. Me woco. Yeah, that's, that's right. That wouldn't be uh, reflexive. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. All right. So it's interesting. It's interesting how, you know, Latin is so, and Greek is the same way. It's so old that I don't think we get a lot of those little conversational things that we see commonly in the modern languages, Hmm. you know, as much. But again, we don't know that for sure because we don't have that much conversational Latin. We only have little bits of it. We do have some of it. Plays. We have some plays in Latin and they show it. We have the satiricon, which shows some conversation. We have Cicero's letters, which show uh, mm-hmm. some conversational Latin, but not as much as you'd like, perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I'll tell you one thing, a Latin students love it because it's easy. I mean, it's easy to read when it's conversational stuff like that. All right. Any other questions or comments on this? That's why the reflexive pronouns in Latin don't amount to much. I mean, we teach them, but, you know, you could probably read an awful lot of Latin and never know them, uh, probably. All right. Well, let's look at these little sentences we have here. And our notes number one says, Maltas fabulas intercese narabans. What does that mean? I don't know where I'm Which it's exercise are we Exercise A. Exercise. It's the last set of exercises. It says exercises. It's after the reflexive pronouns, after the reflexive adjective. And it says translate. And it says, Maltas fabulas intercese they told many stories among themselves. Right. They told many stories among themselves. Right. All right. Number two, Malta me rogo. Pray about autism. Rogo. Am I getting an interference problem? But is rogo? What is rogo? What, what is I ask. I ask her, pray to God. Is it pray? Is it like rogar? No, it's it's. Um, I ask myself. I ask myself many things. Yep, I ask myself many things. And notice that's what we call in Latin a double accusative. The verb ask and the verb teach take two accusatives. One mm. of the person, one of the thing you're teaching or asking, and one of the person you're teaching or asking. Hmm. So it takes a double accusative. In French, it would take an uh, indirect object. Uh, this is musi. There's no thing yes. there. There's no things. No, neuter, neuter plural, malta. Many, when you have a neuter plural adjective, you can translate that. If it said multi, you could translate it many men. If it said malta, oh. you could translate it many women. If it says malta, you could translate it many things. Oh. That's why. All right. Number three, Marcus Mihi Nihil Dabat said Sibi Moltam Pecuniam Dot. Marcus gave me nothing. Right? All right. Marcus gave me nothing. <laughs> but, but he gave himself a lot of money. <laughs> he gave himself a lot of money. Marcus gave me nothing, but he gave himself a lot of money. Good. Catalas puellam eis pat said suam puellam laudat. This goes back to a poem we read way back. Remember that poem about uh, that poem about um, you said you have uh, what hell was that uh, the one where he says the girl has you know all these bad things like he says she has a dry mouth and a I can't think how it goes now, so I can't I can't remember the, the Latin of it. But he says all these bad things about this other girl and says, How did they dare compare her to my girl? Yeah, you remember that poem? I don't know if you all remember that or not. But anyway, so Catullus, remember he's a poet. Catullus finds fault with his finds fault with his, his meaning girl. someone else's girl. That yeah. is. Finds fault with his meaning uh what's that guy's name? But uh, praises his own girl. But praises his own girl. Yeah. Okay. That's that suam thing. 
Yep, that's that Siwam thing. Uh, <laughs> you got it. All right. Nos Rogamus Malta de Republica. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ask much about the Republic. Right. We ask ourselves many things about the Republic. Um, yeah, we do. Okay. Now that <laughs> nose, <laughs> by the way, that word nose, that word nose, let me we as emphatic ask about the Republic. Or it could be the reflexive pronoun. We ask ourselves many things. You could take it either way. Is there a typographical error here? Because I have Ray and then I have a space publica. Yeah, it's two words. Two words. Two words. Race publica. It's two words. About the public thing. Meaning oh, Republic. oh, oh, I was looking publica, thinking Republic. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It means the republic. That's what it really means, but but it really translates as public. But thing. like we made a two-word thing into one word, right? We made yeah, we made a two-word thing into one word. That's what we did. All right. So Republica comes from public things. Public thing. It's actually singular. So the republic is the public thing, meaning the people control it, people run it, people. The idea was that it was not not a monarchy or whatever. It was controlled by the people. Now, you're going to see as we get talking about Roman history, there was a lot of time where some of the people controlled it, but some of the people didn't have as much voice as they would like to have had. So, but ultimately, they have more voice than they would in a monarchy, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, six. Woes nimium. You accuse yourself of too much. You accuse yourself too much. I guess you could say of too much. It really just means too much. You accuse yourself too much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Now, wait a minute. One thing I would correct there. It's plural. So you accuse yourselves. Selves. Oh, yeah. Yourselves. I knew it was plural, but I didn't say Yeah, yourselves. Because it's false and um, accusatis. Right. Okay, we have some little poems here. We have a poem by Marshall. Remember, Marshall is the guy that writes these little short poems with kind of a funny ending on them, Uh, sometimes kind of a mean ending. All right, so he's talking about a girl, and he says, Bella S. Bella S. Quis enim potes negare, sed cum te nimium fabula laudas, nec diwes, neque bella, all right, so what does he say? You are Bella beautiful. F. You're you beautiful. beautiful. And then in parentheses, he says, no, we must. We know. We know it. We, we know beautiful. it. We know it. You're fading away, Carrie. Yeah, you're fading away here, too. Zoom is really... Didn't you're back. Say? No, you're back. You're back. Okay. I think you got too far away, maybe. Oh, maybe so. Well, I got my headphones on, my uh, ear pods on, so... Oh, sure. well, I don't know what you did. Okay. All right. At Puella. And a what? What is a Puella? Girl. And you're a girl. Now, when it says you're a, a girl, girl... Yeah, we're not talking about, you know, like... 
changes and all that stuff. We're talking about a girl versus an old woman. So mm. Like saying, you're a young girl. You're a pretty young thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're a girl. You're a young girl. Est, as he says. So why is it est? You know, because he says that is true. It is true. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I didn't see that. So, et well, okay, so you're, yep, you're beautiful. We know it. A young girl. Anyways. Uh, it, it, well, oh, there's no verb. It's just implied. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. true it is. You know, it's the truth or it is true. Or D ways. By the way, there's a mistake here. Uh, it should just say D I V E S. I got two E's in that. Uh, at D ways. Does it mean, uh, and you again. are rich? You're a young girl and you are and, rich. And, Right, and you're rich. All right. In parentheses again, he says, who can deny it? Okay, so it says, beautiful. Young girl, it's true, and you're beautiful. I'm sorry, and you're rich. For who can deny it? So you almost get the feeling that it's about herself over and over again. Anyway, but what? Said kumte nimium fabula. Now, das. Who means when here? But with, when with you, you praise. Yep. When you praise Tay, Tay yourself. When you praise much. yourself too much, Fabula. Your name is Fabula. Okay. When you praise yourself too much, Fabula. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. ways. Not Bella. beauty. You're Bella. neither. You're not rich. Okay. You're neither rich. You're neither rich. Beautiful. The Nesque would be neither, right? Nesque, rather. Nesque, Bella. Neither beautiful. Nesque. Nor rich. Nor a young girl. Equa. Meaning, when you when you keep keep going on about yourself like that. You are rich and beautiful and a young girl. You don't seem like you are because you're just making such a nuisance of yourself. You know, you're so obnoxious. <laughs> you keep... So let me translate the whole thing for you again. You're beautiful. We know it. And you're a young girl. That's true. And you're rich. For who can deny it? But when you praise yourself too much for Allah, you are neither rich nor beautiful nor a young girl. There we go. Okay. Questions? Comments? Uh, young is implied here, right? Young is implied. Yeah, yeah. Puella. When it says Puella, it means that you're not a woman. You're not an old woman. You're not a you're a younger, you're a beautiful young thing, you might say. Okay. Oh, okay. And could you sort of dissect the the Neck way, because um, so yeah, neck neck way or neck, you can use either one, and if you use it, it means neither, 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 nor. So neck way, d ways, and you understand the word s. Right. You are neither rich, beautiful, the s goes with all three of those. That s so, at the end of the sentence. What determines when you use neck or neck way? Nothing. 
I mean, nothing really. It, they're exactly the same. So I guess he just liked, probably in this case, the meter. Because okay. if you read this poem in meter, let me see if I can read this in meter. Bell, and, and by the way, you have to rely. Bellas no wimus. Quisenim protest negare. Sed cum te nimium fabula laudas. Nec diwes, nequebella, nequelas, nequelas. What meter is that in? I guess that's in dactylic. Let's see. It's a weird uh, bellas. I don't know what meter that's in. Bellas, nimius, equella. I'll look at that next week. I don't know what meter that's in. It doesn't seem like dactylic and it doesn't seem like sapphic either. So I'll, I'll check on that. Usually he writes in either sapphic or, uh, or dactylic. All right. Another poem. This poem is not by Marshall. I always thought it was until I looked it up this week when I was doing this story. This is by a medieval or by a Renaissance author named Ioannes. What's his name? Uh, Adoimus. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it says Renaissance. So uh, I don't know anything about him. But I guess what he was doing, he's actually imitating Marshall. So it's going to be the same kind of wit that Marshall. Where's his name? Do. I don't think it's in our Braille manual. I think I put it in the later notes. I think they have it. We don't have it in our notes. I mean, Marshall, 1.64. What does that 1.64? No, 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 the poem right after that we're talking about. The next one. The very bottom of the next one. Uh, 1.64 means it's book one. 64 in book one. That's what that would mean. All right. Se solum labiena samat miraturadurat. So what's it say? Labienus is a man's name. Labienus what? himself alone. Himself alone. And what else? Mirator. He, he, he is admired. It's the past. Well, he, he admires himself. Oh, it, okay, now, now, Carla, it is passive. You're quite right. But it's what's called a deponent verb, which means that it's passive, but it has an active meaning. <laughs> There's a whole class <laughs> of verbs in Latin and in Greek. By the way, this does not exist in modern languages. Okay. <laughs> which look passive. So they're called deponent verbs. And so that's why I gave you the meaning because you haven't had deponent verbs yet. So Labianus loves admires what? Adorat. It's only his self, himself. Yeah, he, yeah he, so he, Labianus loves, admires, and adores himself alone. Oh, okay. Only, okay. Now, non modo se solum, quoque solus amat. Now, there is one letter in this poem that makes the difference. What's it said? You have to understand the verb here. Again, these verbs, amat, adorat, or in this second line. Non modo se solum, adorat. So not only... Not only does he love himself alone. So, not only um, does he love, admire, adore, and adore himself alone, but what? 
<laughs> he loves. Uh, he alone loves himself. Got it. You see, you got it. One little letter makes a difference. Not only does he love himself alone, he alone loves himself. <laughs> That's clever. Yeah, because the, the, the soulless and the solemn is what gets the meaning across. Yeah, and so this is a good example of how, how important cases are. That that's where that's where you get the, the change in meaning. So Labienus loves, admires, and adores himself alone. Not only does he love himself alone, but he alone loves himself. Oh. Sort of a narcissist, huh? A narcissist. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Any uh, uh let me read this one to you in meter. This is, I believe, a dactylic, so it's pretty easy. Say solum labiana samat miratura dora. No modo say solum, say quoque sola samat. Yeah, it's in the elegiac couplet, that particular poem. Yeah. All right. Any questions, comments, snide remarks, anything? <laughs> That's a clever play on words. It is. It is. It is. Okay. I thought I we got would a comment. Uh, yes. This is your host. It's 20 till the top of the hour. Oh, thank you very much. And that's sure. good. Because that's, that's what I will get. What is your last name? Your name is Mike. Is that right? Yes. Yep. What is your last name? If you don't mind telling me. If Hardwick. you do, you don't have Hard, I, I, Okay. I, I think I've heard of you somewhere. That's why I thought it sounded familiar. You, yep. You've probably been on some other programs that I've heard about or something. So anyway, uh, I'm Gary LeGates. So. Okay. Uh, nice meeting you. Um, Let's talk about Roman history a little bit here. And we're going to talk about a very interesting thing today. I hope you'll find it interesting. We're going to talk about the patricians versus the plebeians. Now, you know, when Rome was founded, it was originally founded with a whole bunch of kind of outcasts that came to the city of Rome and united around Romulus. And they founded the city of Rome. And those guys, even though some of them were pretty rugged back in those days. I mean, there's some of them were, you know, fleeing from other cities and they were kind of the scum of other cities that, that came to Rome. As time went on, they're, they're going to be the important people in the city because they're the people that were there from the beginning. So those families are going to think they're hot because they, they've always been in Rome. They've got whatever wealth the Romans had. They had it and they had prestige and they were the ones that were in the Senate and they were the ones that were in the offices. And so they are really the ones that have a lot of the power. And they're called the patricians. Okay. Now, the common people, people that came to Rome later, or maybe people that didn't have quite as much money, or maybe people that didn't have quite as much prestige, they're called the plebeians. And they're the common people. Now, it's interesting that in English, we get some words from this. The plebeians, if you know anything about the Naval Academy in Annapolis, which you probably don't, the incoming freshmen, when they come into the Naval Academy, are called plebs, after this word plebs, meaning the common people. Um, a plebiscite is a bill that is started by the people. It's something that people bring up, and so that comes from that word as well. Patricians if you know anybody named Patrick, or if you know anyone named Patricia, their name means 
the name Patrick comes from Patricius, meaning noble man, a patrician. And the name Patricia is right out of Latin, meaning a patrician woman. And so those words are still very much with us today. Those words patrician and plebeian. Well, anyway, as time went on, of course, we just started uh, Roman history. The Republic has just been founded. Remember, the monarchy has been overthrown. The Republic has been founded. But the patricians and the plebeians were not making out uh, the same. The patricians had all the offices. They had most of the wealth at this point. The plebeians really did not have much. And finally, one day, this really came to a head. Um, what would happen is they would, they would have a war. You know, the Romans were constantly at this time fighting the Italians around them, the other people in other towns. And so they were constantly fighting them. And whenever they fought them, the armies would be raised from the plebeians, and they would go out in the field and they would fight. But while they were out in the field, gone fighting, they couldn't farm their farms. And so their farms didn't produce anything. And therefore, they had to borrow money in order to keep their farms going. And it didn't take too long until they couldn't pay that money back because, again, they had to go to war another year and their farm didn't produce. And therefore, then they got into debt. And in those days, when you got into debt, you could be made a slave until you could pay that debt. You, your creditor could actually enslave you and make you a slave. And so the common people mm. ended up being in terrible shape. And one day this guy came up in the forum and he looked terrible. He was filthy. He was wearing really dirty looking clothes and he was very thin and he, he looked really bad. And he, he told his story and he said, um, I was trying, I went to war to help our country. In fact, he says, I'm a, I'm a very well-respected soldier. And he was. People knew who he was and knew he had won some awards and that he had been very valiant. But he said, while I was gone with the army, in the, in the army, I couldn't farm my farm and I got into debt and I couldn't pay my debt. And so now I've been enslaved. And his plight really, really upset the plebeians. And so they went to the patricians and tried to get them to make some some way of uh, making things a little bit better. But the patricians wouldn't listen. Well, all of a sudden, right in the middle of this, tribe down toward the south of Italy called the Volscians suddenly invade. And so now the patricians are in trouble. They need to raise an army. But when they start calling common people's names to be soldiers, they, they don't answer. And uh, it looks like they might not raise an army. The common people are saying, we're not going to fight until things get better. And so the patricians say, okay, look, we'll, we'll promise. You come in, you fight this war, you fight off the enemy, we'll do better. We'll make things better for you. And so the common people do. They go ahead and get in the army. They enlist. They fight the battle. They win the battle. They come back to Rome, but nothing changes. Mm. The patricians forget. They don't keep their promises. In fact, there was one guy who was, a, who was a dictator during this time, and he wanted to keep his promise, but the Senate wouldn't let him. They would not let him keep his promise, and so he resigned and said, okay, you guys wait and see what happens. You better have kept your promise. Anyway, nothing gets any better. And so, uh, once again, an enemy comes up and invades and gets ready to fight Rome. 
But this time the plebeians say, we're not going to do it. We're not going to fight. And they all take off and get together and go and leave Rome and go off to the sacred mount, which is right outside of Rome. And they just stand up there and they don't do anything. And they say, we're not going to fight. We're not going to take part. I don't care what happens to Rome. Well, the Senate is panicked. They're totally panicked. And so what do they do? They send this guy that they know the plebeians respect, whose name is Menenius Agrippa. And Menenius Agrippa tells the common people a very interesting story. And this story is, uh, I think, very, um, you know, kind of kind of a good illustration. He says, tell you all something. Once upon a time, all the parts of the body went on strike against the stomach. Mm. The hand said they would not take any food to the mouth. The mouth said they wouldn't chew any food up. The throat said it wouldn't swallow any more food. And the eyes said it wouldn't look for any more food. Because the stomach just lays there and does nothing. And here we work hard to get that food into the stomach. It's not fair. But they found out that when they didn't put anything in the stomach, they perished along with the stomach. And so he says, my fellow citizens, remember, we're in the same boat. You might think that what you do doesn't help all of us, but it does. And so he talked them then into going back in and fighting. And when the fighting was over, they made a change. They started the office of tribune. And the tribunes would be elected every year along with the consuls and the other officers. And the tribunes, their job was to look out for the common people, to not let any law be passed or not let anything be done that would in any way hurt the common people. And they had two things going for them. This developed over the years. It took a little while uh, for some of these things to develop. This was the idea. First of all, they are sacrosanct, which means they are sacred. You cannot attack them. You cannot murder a tribune just because you don't like what he stands for. Okay. And secondly, they had the power of veto. All they had to do, if a law was brought up they thought was bad for the common people, all they had to do was say the word veto. Veto means I forbid. And therefore, the idea had to be completely dropped. It couldn't be brought up anymore. And so the tribune ended up having a great deal of power as time went on. Now, at the beginning, it took a while to get some of these things in place. But at least now, the common people do have someone to speak up for them. Well, time went on and things got some better for the common people, but not better enough. Not better enough. And so uh, in those days in Rome, nobody knew the law because there were no laws. There were precedents. There was the way we've always done it, you know, that kind of thing. But there really was no law that Anyone could say this is the law. They had no laws written down. And so they started hearing stories about Greece. Uh, they started hearing about in Greece, they had laws. There was a guy named Solon who had just made laws in Athens. And they decided that they wanted laws in Rome the same way as they had them in Greece. And so the Romans then said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to appoint a government of 10, that is, this government will be run by 10 people, the Decemviri, or the Decemviri, if you want to call it by English. 
Deccan weary ten men. And this government will do nothing but write laws for a year. They will go and study the laws in Greece. They will come back and they will write laws down that everybody will know. And so sure enough, this government left. They went to Athens. They studied the laws of Solon. They came back and they wrote laws and they made a series of laws called the laws of the 12 tables. And there were 12 like stone tablets of these laws that were written down. And every Roman kid memorized these laws. Every kid learned them. Yes, I'm sorry. Question? No. And so these tables, so the Romans learned these laws by heart. And then everybody could say, we know what the laws are. Uh, Some of these laws are kind of interesting. A lot of them are a little bit like our laws. In fact, the Romans really, their law is the basis of a lot of our law that we have in our country. Uh, a lot of our laws are based on Roman law, and some of our laws are based on English law as well. But the Romans were really some of the first real lawgivers that were known. There used to be a course taught at Gettysburg College called, it's called Roman Law, and it, it all the law, lawyers, all the law students had to take it because it... Uh, I guess, explained a lot of our laws. They had some funny laws. Uh, I mean, not funny, but they had, well, they had some, some weird laws. One law said in the 12 tables that if a thief were caught at night, in other words, if a thief were stealing at night and were caught, he was put to death. But if he were caught during the day stealing, then he would be taken to court and be given a court trial, which is mm. kind of strange. Didn't it? Mm. Uh, there was another law that said, if fruit from your fruit tree falls on your neighbor's property, that fruit belongs to your neighbor. Hmm. So, which makes good sense to me. If somebody's <laughs> apples are going to fall on my property, I think I would uh, <laughs> say it should be mine. You know, anyway, uh, those are two of the ones that I that I remember anyway. Uh, but everyone learned these laws by heart, and they they had to do with all kinds of things. They had to do with, you know, regular government. Government. They had to do with morality. They had to do with marriage. Um, and so the common people then now have laws they can learn. However, there was a problem. This group of 10 men who wrote these laws, and they were very good laws. You know, they wrote, did a good job writing them. But then these guys liked being in power. And so they wouldn't leave office. Now they're the you know they're the governing body now, and until they call for elections, there can't be any elections because they're the ones running the government. So nobody quite knew what was going to happen. How are we going to get these guys out of power and let's go back to the elections like we normally would have? Well, one of the decemviri was a guy named Appius Claudius, and Appius Claudius did not like the plebeians. He didn't believe in them at all, and he liked being in power. And meanwhile, he got the hots for this young slave girl who was a plebeian. He, he really wanted her bad, and he figured out a way that he could have her. She was actually betrothed to a guy that was in the army. And her father had betrothed her to, to him. And by the way, her name was Virginia, which is a name you've all heard. Uh, and Appius Claudius, though, really wanted her. So he concocted this plan. 
Appius Claudius said that he knew for a fact this girl was a slave of one of his friends and that she had escaped. And he knew darn well she was a runaway slave. And so he called her and was going to, he said he would give her back to his friend. But of course, what's really going to happen is he'll give her back to his friend and then he'll take her for himself. Mm. And she'll be, you know, he didn't like the plebeians, but he liked her. Uh, and he wanted her very bad. Well, when this happened, her father was so incensed that that he would do this to his daughter. He would, you know, take her from him by force and say she was a runaway slave when she really wasn't, that he killed her. Because mm. he figured it was better for her to die like that than to be Appius Claudius' slave. And then he flees to the army. And then the army goes on strike and all runs out to the sacred hill again. And they say, we're not going to come back in until these and men are, are out of office. And so old Appius Claudius pretty well fixed it for himself. He got put out of office and then they have elections again and they go back to the normal uh, system of office. And things go pretty well for the plebeians now because they know the laws, they can say the laws and they know what the laws are. But they found out there was a law deeply embedded in the 12 tables that they didn't like one bit. They didn't know it was in there until now all of a sudden there it is. And this is a law that says not intermarry with the patricians what was that and i didn't the, hear that i didn't hear what you said the plebeians cannot intermarry with the patricians oh. and so they didn't like that because they figured out, well how are we ever going to hold any of the offices the, the, the patricians got all the good offices except for the tribune we can never have any of these good offices for ourselves mm. we're always going to be held down and so we don't want that. We want to change that so that we can intermarry with the patricians. And time went on and time went on. And finally, 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 that law was changed. And the reason that it was changed was, you might guess, it had to do with money. The plebeians, some of the plebeians got to be kind of wealthy. Um. And some of the patricians started kind of, you know, falling on hard times. Because if you were a senator, you couldn't engage in trade or business or anything like that. And so sometimes the patrician families became a little bit poor and the plebeian families got to be fairly wealthy if they could get into some business or something and get into trade. And so as time went on, it got to be kind of a good thing. Well, if your family's falling on hard times, marry a plebeian girl and they'll give you a dowry and <laughs> you can kind of enrich yourself. I always thought that I would hate to be that plebeian guy that married that patrician woman. I wonder if he'd say, hey, you're not good enough for me. You know, you know, just, I can't quite picture the dynamics there. Um, but anyway, uh, the patricians and plebeians did end up being able to inter intermarry. And as time went on, really, this whole, um, there were still plebeians and there were still patricians. But the distinction wasn't as bad as it was back at the beginning of Roman history. They still had the tribunes and the tribunes could, you know, veto laws they felt were harmful, but things got much better. Gary, we're at 58 after. Okay, and I think we're about done. Now, next week, I will be sending you guys some notes and next week, our whole lesson is going to be on pronunciation. Yes. Carla asked us to review Latin pronunciation. So next week, we're going to have a lesson on nothing oh, but pronunciation, great. and you'll get the and you'll get the notes on this 
sometime this week, those of you that get the notes. And if you don't get the notes and you want them, write to Cindy. 